This is how it is with the kingdom of God. To what shall we compare the kingdom of God? Hands down, the kingdom of God is Jesus' favorite topic. After all, he came to earth in order to establish that kingdom. And at the end of history, those of us who lived and died in friendship with the king, striving to obey the laws of the kingdom, will enjoy the peace and prosperity that comes from his rule. You know, this kingdom is such a high priority for Jesus that he put it right in the middle of the core prayer for every Christian. Thy kingdom come. But since we are wounded, imperfect human beings, it is easy for us to misunderstand what this kingdom really consists of. That's why Jesus used parables, images, and analogies to help our minds get in tune with his mind, right? So that we have the right expectations about what following the king really involves. The parables in today's gospel reading reveal two essential characteristics about life in the kingdom of God. First, our relationship with God comes not from ourselves, but from God. Where does the power of growth in a seed come from? Not from the farmer. It comes from the creator. Likewise, if God were not constantly breathing his divine life into us, no matter how hard we try, we would never be able to grow in relationship, in intimacy with him. Just as the farmer could never make a rock grow into an ear of corn, we cannot achieve Christian success based solely on our own efforts. But the good news is that we don't have to. Since God is always at work, even while we're asleep. Psalm, as Psalm 127, verse 2 puts it, It is vain for you to rise early and put off your rest at night, to eat bread earned by hard toil. All this God gives to his beloved in sleep. God is the source of our lives. And no matter how hard we try, we may, we may try to make our lives worthwhile without his help, brothers and sisters, we can do nothing. Second, growth in holiness or life in communion with God is a process. It takes time. We Christians are not like superheroes 
in movies who go from wimp to world champion in the course of 90 minutes or however long the movie gets. Rather, Christians develop their wisdom, joy, and self-mastery through a consistent effort to cooperate with God over the long haul. This is hard for us to accept, and it is even hard for us to understand because our culture has developed such a fast results mentality in us. But developing a beautiful soul, developing a beautiful soul isn't like making a cup of instant coffee. Instead, it's like building a beautiful cathedral, which is not the work of a few days or even a few years. You know, all Gothic cathedrals took decades to construct, sometimes even more than a century. There are cases where three or even four generations of stonemasons worked on the same cathedral. Think about that for a moment. That means that your grandfather, your father, you, and your son would have all worked on the same building, but only your son would have had the satisfaction of seeing the finished product. <laughs> this is almost an almost perfect analogy, actually, for the growth of God's kingdom in our soul. It's not something we can work hard at, put in some extra hours on the weekend, pull a couple of all-nighters, and then cross off our to-do list. No. It's an adventure of a lifetime. It's our life project. So, the growth of God's kingdom in our hearts and in the world depends primarily on God and secondarily on us. And it is a process that takes time. These are the pearls of wisdom that Christ wants to communicate to us through his parables. And if we reflect on them and pray over them, we will begin to discover their many implications. You know, one of these is especially relevant in today's stress-filled culture. It is the real, the real reason behind our frustrations and discouragement. Listen, frustration and discouragement can never come from God. God is not up in heaven, you know, tapping his watch and raising his eyebrows because we haven't become perfect already. God designed human nature, and so he understands that our growth, our growth in holiness, takes time. He is the wise farmer that tends his crops patiently and carefully, knowing that the harvest will come with time. So if discouragement and frustration don't come from God, where do they come from? from 
our own pride, our own spiritual immaturity egged on by the devil. If our bad habits don't go away with a snap of our fingers, if we don't understand our Catholic faith after a weekend seminar, we tend to slacken off in our efforts or give up entirely like spoiled children. You know, children who trust their parents are much less likely to have anger management problems. Christians who truly trust in God's timing are much less likely to give in to discouragement and frustration. Imagine a farmer or gardener standing out in the field and yelling down at some recently planted seeds, grow faster, you fools, faster. It's an absurd picture, right? But a common one. Every time we get frustrated at our slow progress or God's apparently slow pace. Brothers and sisters, as we make our way into ordinary time, a season full of opportunities for spiritual growth, let's keep these images in mind. They will help us navigate through the dangerous temptations of discouragement and frustration. And they will help motivate us to stay close to God through prayer, even when they may be inconvenient. You know, in the end, staying as close as possible to God is what really matters. Is what really matters. <laughs>